Good morning. And piggybacking on what, what Bob has said, this is, this is awesome. Um, there's a lot of creative minds in here. Um, as you can see, um, VBS is a lot of work, as we all know. And thank everybody who, who participated in that. And it, it was, seemed like a great success to me. Um, this, what I'm going to preach to you today is 14 years old. Um, it is weird to see what you wrote 14 years ago. <laughs> um, uh, Beck, uh, I was asked, it wasn't too long ago, maybe a week or a week and a half or so, to, to bring the message this morning. And uh, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing, you know, but I didn't want to do it. I don't have a good reason. Uh, just maybe uh, not in the best spiritual place. I, I've been better. Uh, maybe uh, not feeling worthy, you know? And, you know, that's, that's just, that's, that's what the devil does. He gets in there and he praise on your weaknesses and and you know I think I'm here because I need it I need it way more than you <laughs> I got to get back on track so I'm going to do the best I can I'm a construction worker I'm not a minister I don't claim to be one but I am a Christian and I need to act like it. So, the scripture today where I'm going to start, the main thing I pulled this from 14 years ago. And by the way, Mrs. Nikki, do you know every song in that hymn book? Like, can you just, like, is that like, have you played every song in there? Yeah, I just wondered that. It seems like no matter what pops up there, it's, you know how to play it. And uh, Becky Shank is here, and your Grove City, is that where you're at? Waynesburg. Waynesburg. I thought Grove City. But it's nice to see you. And any visitors that are here, uh, welcome. And please, if you have any questions after the service, just come out to anybody. That Everybody here is super friendly and, and will help you in any way that they can. So we're going to start uh, with Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug, who dug deep and then laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against the house and could not shake it because it had been built well. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation, and the torrent burst against it and immediately collapsed, and the ruin of the house was great. So we read that, and when I, when I read this 14 years ago, I'm going to guess that my mind went to my job. Um, let me back up here before I get into that. 
I'm not going to get into a big testimonial. Some of you have heard that from me before. It's not what this message is about. But I'm gonna, it, is, it does pertain to what I'm going to bring to you today. I, I, was, not, I was baptized in my mid-20s. Um, I was a mess. I was in between churches, and then I just quit going. I met uh, a man on a job site, very uh, uh, evangelistic. He befriended me. He could tell I was bothered by something. And we got to talking. I would study with him in a job trailer after church. Um, eventually, he brought, he was from North Carolina. He brought a minister in from, from York who he was, he was visiting with that church while he stayed up in Pennsylvania. He started coming to the trailer and studying with me. Um, and that was basically the start of my foundation, which is what this is, is, is entitled. It's called a firm foundation. My foundation began because somebody did what they're supposed to do. We're commissioned to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. And if he didn't have the guts to do it, I don't know if I'd be here today. I don't know where I'd be. In a ditch. I don't know. But my life changed. And after I studied and I was baptized, and, you know, they didn't just let me alone. They, they nurtured me, they, they, they paid attention to me, they reeled me back in when I would venture back out, and they got me involved. And they taught me how to study the Bible. They, they answered questions. They were brothers. And took that commission very seriously. So... That's where that was the start of Mount Foundation. It continued to grow, and I built upon that. And there's peaks and valleys, just like our relationships. And, and, and you know, your, your relationship with God is, is no different than your personal relationship with whomever it is. It's peaks and valleys. It's, it's good times and bad times. Sometimes you're really close. Sometimes you're a little distant. But that's the way it was. That's the way it still is for me. But we need to keep going forward because if you're standing still, I mean, that's, that's just not, we can't become complacent. So that's, that was how I got my foundation. Um, that's a little bit of what, what I do now. If we get into the, my actual occupation is I started in excavation and utility work the day after I graduated from high school for a family-owned business. And, you know, it, it, I, I dug a lot of footers for houses, for commercial buildings. And, you know, as we read in, in Luke there, you know, it talks about a foundation built on, you know, a sandy soil. There's even hymns written about it. I know Mrs. Nikki, she knows we're all there at them. But, you know, you, you, you know, I really, when I read this, it, it hit me right away because of my occupation. I'm like, wow, I actually understand something that's in the Bible. Now, that's, God is not the author of confusion, but, you know, it, hit, it really resonated with me. But, you know, the process of a footer, if some, a lot of you may know, but a lot of you may not know. You know, you got a machine come in and you're gonna, it's, it's for what your house sits on. So you're gonna dig, start digging a trench and it has to be so many feet below frost line. Or the, con, the, what, 
what you pour on there, the concrete can pop and it can get fissures in it and you can have problems with your house. So the foundation is the most important thing in the house, but you really, you never see it. Once it's, once it's dug and poured, it gets, it gets backfilled over. But that's what your house is going to rest on for the, the whole duration of the house, for eternity, till it, till it ends. So it's a super important process of the house. So you're going to dig it. There's going to be a soil test done because not all soil, just because you're 42 inches below frost line, doesn't mean the soil is good enough. Sometimes you've got to go deeper. Sometimes you've got to go with a wider footer, whatever the, whatever the case may be. Then the footer... It's not just poured concrete. And then there's what they call rebar, or steel rod, and it's tied together and it reinforces that concrete, and the concrete's poured on that. And then it's left to cure, and then that's when your walls are laid up with brick and, or brock or, or you do a poured wall. So, you know, that's, that's the process of a footer and a foundation. That's the way I relate it. I do, when I read the scriptures, I try to, because I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, as you will find out as I preach, I have to relate things. I got to find the simplicity in it and relate it to real life. And that's how I can learn to apply the scriptures is I relate it to my own life. Um, so now what do you know it takes to build a solid foundation? Let's see how we build our own spiritual foundations, both individually and congregationally. Also want to concentrate on how to expand upon those foundations once they are established. After all, what is the purpose of building a foundation if you never intend to build a structure on it? Now, as I mentioned some of these spiritual building blocks, I want you to keep this state in mind. There's not a building or institution which is stronger than the foundation on which it rests. So let's begin with the individual's foundation. The Bible clearly states that before you build a foundation on Christ, you have to put him on first. Galatians 3.27, for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Meaning, one must follow God's plan and become in contact with the blood of Christ through baptism. Once this is achieved, you can consider the footer as being poured and cured. You are now ready to start construction because the work begins after baptism. Turn, if you will, to James 1, 22 to 24. You don't, you don't have to. I know you're used to PowerPoints and all that. and I wish I, I, wish I could do that, but it's just... Joe's, Joe is a dynamic speaker and very well. I mean, he's, he's, we're, lucky, we're lucky to have him. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it reads, But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what person that he is. James, James 2.18 But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith with without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. If you believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. If my utility crew at work just sat around after I gave them instructions, which sometimes happens, <laughs> I don't think that, that, that we'd get much work done. And I'd become extremely frustrated. And I do. 
Christianity is working faith and the work it requires we should desire to do. After all, if it wasn't for a Christian taking advantage of an evangelistic opportunity with me, I might not be in front of you right now. Your work is never in vain when it's the Lord's work. Jesus was about his father's business, and so should we. That is why I believe the most important block is the study of the word. Because you study the truth and became a Christian, now that you are a Christian, you should study to find God's purpose for you and your role in the body. To me, that the Bible is a God-breathed library of purpose, and we can only know what that purpose is if we study. Turn with me to Hosea 4.6. It reads, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge. I, will, I, will also, I also will reject you from being my priest. Brothers and sisters, we cannot proclaim anything if we do not study what God wants us to, what God wants us to proclaim. How can we spread the gospel if we are not familiar with it ourselves? Another reason to study is for the increase of our own faith. Romans 10, 17 uh, reads, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Study is such a vital building block that it is a must in every Christian's fortress. The word is the Christian's food source, and we all know what can happen if that source is cut, cut off in any way. We could die a very slow, painful death. History shows that armies have been defeated because the food supply was cut off. I ask you, is the Lord's army any different? We really do not have an excuse because we can eat all the spiritual food we want and never gain a pound. What a perfect diet and what a perfect God. Another important block to add is prayer. Paul says, pray without ceasing. This does not mean that we have to pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's impossible. And Paul did not do that himself. But we need to be consistent in our prayer life and pray as often as we can. Our prayers draw us closer to God and we can accomplish a much according to James 5.16. We also have many examples of Christ in prayer. Whether he was praising the Father or asking the Father if there was any other way. Jesus also prayed for his disciples. This avenue of prayer is also a very important part of our ever-growing fortress and must be added. Now let us move on to worship. And remember, we are still talking about the individual Christian. So I also want to turn to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living and holy sacrifices acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove that the will of God is what it is, good and acceptable and perfect. So you see, worship just isn't Sunday morning for the, for the Christian. Our bodies are a living and holy sacrifice, which must be kept separate from world behaviors, actions, and thoughts. That is why it's so important to implant the word in our minds and seek the things that are above and store up treasures. Remember, your hearts and minds are, if your hearts and minds are right, your bodies will follow. Now that we have a good start on the building of our individual foundations, let's discuss the foundation of, of a, a congregation and how to build upon that foundation. Naturally, the congregations of the Lord Church is made up of baptized believers, with Christ, of course, being the foundation, our rock, our mediator, 
and, our most, and most importantly, our Lord and Savior. The church bears the name of the purchaser who paid for it with his blood, with his life. For the Lord's church has not been founded upon the weakness of human flesh, but upon the divinity and the sonship of Christ. Now, that's a foundation to build upon. With this foundation laid, let's see how the congregation can work together to build their own fortress. I want to start with evangelism. What good is a fortress with no soldiers to defend it or workers to help build it? Jesus says in Mark 6.15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. We need to work together to seek and save the lost. It is the main focus of the church. I don't know where I would be if two men in my life did not take this commission seriously. We will not baptize everyone we come in contact with, but we must remember that it is not us they reject. We are merely messengers planting seeds of salvation. Chances are, chances are if you plant enough seeds, one of them is going to grow. When a seed does not mature, nur- when a seed does mature, nurture it and water it together. There is an old saying that says, and I'm, you know, this is when, you're, when you wrote something 14 years ago, you're not sure why it's in there, but it says, <laughs> there is an old saying that says, two can make a baby, but it takes a village to raise one. I believe this to be true also in the church. Christianity is about one body made up of many members functioning together. Unity is also a very crucial, crucial to a congregation. We must do our best to strive for unity and to study the scriptures with an open mind. We also need to be able to admit when we are wrong and apologize. Also, Christians should be able to give and receive discipline because they love and care for one another. I know I've been disciplined over the years. Trust me, it's not fun, but I needed it. And I thank the brothers and sisters who gave it to me. These are just some of the other things we need to concentrate on to, to achieve spiritual unity. And it's so important to Jesus that he prayed for it in the hour of his death drawing near. And that is just another example of the selflessness of our Savior and where his heart lied. Fellowship is also an important part of a factor in a congregation's spiritual growth, and it is a key factor in striving for unity. I believe that a congregation that plays together stays together. When 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 we fellowship, we get to know one another outside the worship setting. We build relationships and bonds which draw us closer together. We were not be to be we were not meant to be Christians by ourselves. I cannot imagine being a Christian alone. We need each other for encouragement and support. And we are blessed to have one another to, and be part of God's family. Don't worry, it's only another 35 pages. No, seriously, I'm almost done. Uh, in conclusion, my hope is that you can take these building blocks and apply them in your individual and congregational foundations. Foundations are very important, and it's it's you know the wor- the world can be it can be hard on us. I know I know my weeks my weeks are rough. <laughs> I mean, I just on Friday morning uh, there was a uh, there was a terrible accident in my uh, traffic pattern uh, right off the bat, um, and you know just 
every day can be tough. And you know, that, that foundation is what gets me through. Um, the people that cared about me to help get me to this point. Um, and like I said before, we, we can't, we need to take advantage of opportunities when they present themselves. And we need to be able to recognize those opportunities when they happen. Um, there are still people out there that, that are still searching. There's a lot of closed-minded folks out there who really don't want to hear anything you have to say. But, you know, I learned from the man who talked to me, befriended me first. He didn't just come up to me and point his finger and point out every sin in my life and tell me where I'm going. And I don't, you know, that wasn't, that's not how it worked. He approached me with tact and love. That's it. And that's all it took. <laughs> so, as you do. For a long, long time. So continue to build on that foundation. Don't stop. Keep going. Even if it's just reading a little bit a day or a little bit of prayer a day, I mean, just keep going in the right direction. You know, if you're new, if you don't know much about the Bible at all, really, that's, that's okay. The more I read about it, the more I realize I don't know anything either. But there's people here to help you. I'll help you. We'll sit down. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about whatever you want. Pastor Joe, I know he's going to help you. You know, that's what we're here for. We're here to learn. We're here to make disciples, to nurture each other and help each other grow. And, 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 and grow the Lord's church. I mean, that is, the, that is you know, I, I believe if, if, if the first century church had a mission statement, it would be to seek and save the lost. And that's what it was. That's, that's, that's what the Bible's about. So, I'm going to end on that note. I want to thank you for the opportunity. Um, you know when you get me, you're going to get an emotional train wreck, because I did it before. So, you, go, you wanted me, you got me. <laughs> so, uh, that's who I am. I'm not ashamed of it. I never will be. Well, I hope you guys learned something that you can apply to your lives. Um, I know I learned something this morning. That man's name is not Brock. <laughs> so, I know, you know, I'm going to try to get myself on the right track here, and uh, I'm going to trust Jesus. So, have a good week, and if anybody needs to talk or, you know, wants to, wants to, wants to learn how to start their foundation, come see me, come see Pastor Joe. We don't have to wait for a special day to get you in the water. We can talk about it. Take your time with it. Hear, believe, repent, confess. It's all in the, all in the book of Acts many times over. Um, it's a great model for us, and uh, I know that we'd love to talk to you about that. So have a good week. I kept you long enough, and thanks for having me.